Friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton, the founder and chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Taylor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to be here. Well, it's good to have you with me. And I am, I've, I've really been looking forward to today's podcast and, and today's guest, good friend, uh, Jay McDonald. Uh, Jay, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. Thank you, Tim and Taylor. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited to be with you. So, Taylor, I'll start off with a brief introduction of Jay, and then we'll get right into our questions. I've had the the pleasure of knowing Jay, I was trying to think, it's at least 10 years and, and maybe more than that. Jay has over 40 years of experience as an Atlanta business advisor, a serial entrepreneur. He's been a CEO, a president, a director, an owner, and a, a, a number of multiple venues in different industries. Taylor, uh, Jay is also a, a Vistage chair for a number of years. He's, in fact, a master chair, which is a very high high level. He's got five different groups. And Jay, I have no idea how you how you juggle those those five five groups. Uh, Taylor, he's also, Jay has held a number of different leadership roles in a variety of different companies, different industries. And he published a book a year ago. I have the book in my hand, Strategic Jaywalking. And we're going to talk a little bit about Jay's book today. Jay has his MBA, his master's in business from the Darden Graduate School of Business, which is, of course, at University of Virginia. He has his undergraduate degree from uh, Georgia Institute of Technology right here in Atlanta. Taylor, uh, Jay and I also completed uh, at the same time the uh, Stanford Executive Leadership Program back in 2018. And Jay has facilitated since then a number of the Stanford programs for, for Vistage members. So with that in mind, I could get, I could go on for the entire program with Jay's background, but I'm going to stop there because I, I, I want to get right into questions. Jay, we'll start with the, the question we pose to all of our guests, and that is, what is it that you do that matters most to small businesses? What I hope I do that matters most for small businesses is to ask them the tough tough questions and to be the mirror that doesn't always smile back. I get to work with lots of small business owners and leaders, CEOs, emerging leaders, C-suite folks. I'm on boards uh, of small businesses and, of course, work with many through, through Vistage and in other ways. And the most important thing I think most leaders of small businesses want is someone who will tell them the truth, ask them tough questions, and help them to be the best they can be. Great. Thanks, Jay. And again, welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about your your background and, and your bio. And as my dad said, leading five business groups today, how did you, how did you get to this spot in your career? Well, it Per the title of my book, it was a jaywalking experience. Uh, <laughs> I spent my early career in uh, corporate banking with then the CNS Bank, which is Bank of America today. It was the largest bank in the South back when I was with it. I started in the mailroom while I was a student at Georgia Tech and through graduate school and then beyond, I worked in leadership in 
the commercial side of the bank. I led the largest corporate lending division of the bank. So worked with lots of small and larger businesses there, ran the credit department of the bank for a few years. And one of my customers came to me one day and said, I've got this great client who has a wonderful business. And I think you would be a great person to run that business after he does. He doesn't have a successor. His only child is not interested in being in the business. Would you like to meet him? I said, well, I'm happy to meet him, but I'm in a great career, and I think I've got a good opportunity here. At least I've been told so. So, But we met, talked about it, and three years later, I became an owner with, along with this partner who was 30 years older than me and the largest sporting goods distributorship in the South. And we were probably the largest in the country, uh, privately held, so there's no way of knowing for sure. Became president of that, and we grew it by fourfold in revenues and more so in profits and sold it to Russell Corporation. That was one of the companies we represented. throughout the South, and I flunked retirement for the first time in my life. I now say I flunked it multiple times. So at age 43, I'd had the opportunity to work in, grow a small business to a larger business, and have a successful exit. After a few months of quasi-retirement, traveling, relearning golf, and other things. I was climbing the walls with boredom on the business side of things and felt the need to get back in the fight, so to speak. Friends of mine had started an investment banking firm, the Breckenridge Group. All but one of those founders had worked for me at the bank and then gone into investment banking from there. So I became a principal in that organization doing middle market, $200 million revenue or smaller mergers and acquisitions. Did that with them for 18 months, then started my own firm doing that, continued doing that. And in the interim and over the years, I've served on over 20 different corporate boards. So I've learned from that. That's been part of the journey too. One of the boards I was on Uh, asked me to become CEO and take an ownership position in it. This was when the internet, which Al Gore allegedly invented, was just getting hot. This was the largest publisher of real estate advertising in the world. And we had all of the internet websites and content of homes and photos and prices and descriptions and so forth for residential housing, for apartments, for high-valued pricing and published uh, magazines all over the country, 10 million a a month, 10 million copies. So I did that, uh, wound down the investment banking business by just not taking new clients. And we grew that by two and a half fold and grew EBITDA by 16 fold and sold it to private equity. Abri Partners out of Boston. I flunked retirement again, 
and s- sort of did that other times subsequently uh, ran a sign manufacturing company that was started by private equity after Katrina destroyed the Gulf Coast. And it was losing several hundred thousand a month. I was brought in and given ownership position and said, figure out what we've got and shut it down or build it and sell it. So we turned it around, sold it to an industry player in in, in Louisiana. Several of us started a software as a service company after 9-11, grew it, sold it to a New York Stock Exchange company. That was in Dallas, Texas. And then several, I was an original investor in a wealth management firm in Atlanta and still a small owner of it, Buckhead Investment Partners, which has about $5 billion under management and is still going. So when we sold the last company, the software company, a friend called me and asked if I would coach uh, him. He was the CEO of a small mid-sized business. And I said, I would be practicing malpractice since I've never been trained to be a coach. I've coached thousands of employees and lots of leaders that I've worked with but I've never been trained. As long as you understand, we're going to learn this together. We'll work it out. And he said, well, I'm just uh, lonely at the top. I don't have many people to talk to. And I've got a great staff, but they seem to always want to tell me what I want to hear rather than what I may need to hear. So I did. I started doing that. I reached out to two friends who were in the coaching business and they were nice enough to coach me up. And one, after a few months, said, have you looked into Vistage? And I said, I, I'm not sure what that is. He said, well, you should investigate it. I would have probably done that if I'd known about it when I started coaching. Uh, they've got a great program for learning and helping others. So I did realize that Vistage was TEC, T-E-C, the acronym for the executive committee. And one of my partners in the publishing, printing, real estate magazine business was a tech member. So I knew of tech, I knew his chair, I knew all of his members. So instantly I understood what Vistage was. It was just a new name. And so for the last 12 years, I've been a Vistage chair and continue to serve on several boards and get to work with great people like Tim as fellow chairs and chair emeritus like he is and uh, and wonderful members throughout. Jay, you were kind enough to, to give me a copy of your, your recent book, Strategic Jaywalking, The Secret Sauce to Life and Leadership Excellence. Uh, I'm curious, one Uh, What was the impetus for you to write a book? Many people think about writing a book. You actually did it. Um, Where did the title come from, Strategic Jaywalking? And what did you learn as a result of the book? Well, the impetus for writing the book was over my career of leadership and business and seeing lots of great leaders and probably my share of not-so-great leaders 
I felt like I had a lot worth sharing and I want to give back my why is to try to not only make myself the best I can be, but try to make others to be their best. And this was a way of doing this. I wrote another book when I was a banker, used to train bankers called Corporate Banking, A Practical Approach to Lending. And it was about how to make business loans, how to analyze financial statements, which I know you're quite familiar with, Tim, and teach workshops on. And I, as a banker, taught people that and taught things. So the American Bankers Association published that book, which I co-authored with John McKinley, who was a co-worker at the bank. So I had written a book years ago before word processing, before the internet, before emails, before all of the technology we have today. So I feel like and felt like I had several other books in me. This was was it. In terms of where the title came from, I was making a presentation, a host presentation to my own Vistage group because I decided you know, maybe I ought to be the host a few of these times. So I'll pick up the tab and I'll share a host presentation like the businesses do. And one of the things in my host presentation was that I've always been a natural jaywalker. It's kind of a play on my name. And I've always been a little bit of a color outside the lines, think differently, maybe a maverick in some ways, hopefully not doing anything illegal or immoral, but uh, just being a little disruptive sometimes, I guess, Mm -hmm. hopefully constructively. And as I thought of, so one of my members said, that should be the title of your book, Jaywalking. And I said, well, (laughs) I don't know that a title Jaywalking is going to sell alone. I said, I think I need to spice it up with a little more clarity. So strategic jaywalking, the secret sauce to life and leadership excellence is what became of it. And it's it's been a popular and catchy uh, name. And it's about what I believe in this decade and beyond is critical for businesses and for individuals. Historically in business, the large have eaten the small. And I think today and in the future, the fast are going to eat the slow. So jaywalking is a metaphor for getting from one place to the other in the quickest way after, and this is an important after, evaluating the risk. You don't jaywalk across an interstate highway. Uh, On the other hand, if there's no traffic and you want to get from A to B and it's immediately across from you and the traffic light and the crosswalks are 2,000 feet up the street, rather than walk up the street, wait for the walk sign cross and walk back, Why not look both ways and go straight where you need to go? So that's the thrust of the book is what I've seen in outstanding leaders and what makes them successful, 
and some of the things that less successful leaders could avoid, and also helping leaders to think differently and to create a mindset of creativity and embracing innovation and not being afraid to fail and sweep yourself up and and keep trying again. Winston Churchill had a great quote saying, success is moving from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I, th- I think that's a great uh, thing to live by. Taylor, the book is filled with lots of great just nuggets of of experience and knowledge and and, and kind of how-tos in, in, in business, and I would highly recommend it to our listeners. Jay, you mentioned sort of stumbling upon Vistage, um, which triggered the question for me. What is another, call it your, your best mistake that you've made in your career? Best mistake or worst mistake? <laughs> I've got some of both. Oh, I'll let you pick. I was going with best, but uh, if, well, if you I think another best mistake would probably be, and and there are lots of these. I like to say life is a contact sport, and I've met lots and lots of people by mistake, by serendipity, by chance, whatever you want to call it, by being at the right place at the right time, but never realizing that's what it was. And consequently, these many people that I've met, and I could name lots of them, was instrumental in allowing me to get opportunities that I probably never would have shared before. And maybe another mistake that was the best mistake. When I first plucked retirement and got in the investment banking business, because I had this financial background and an operating background, so the skill set kind of lent itself, and I had a great contact base. That was fun. It was interesting and rewarding financially and intellectually. But I learned through doing that, that I really missed operating things and running things. One of my mantras in business and what I tell lots of clients I work with and friends, I like businesses that make money while you sleep. And the only business I've ever been in in my career that did not do that was investment banking. Now, if you're Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, then it probably does make money while you sleep. But if you're a boutique investment banking firm, you help someone sell their business, they get a big payday, go to the beach or the mountains. You've got a wonderful friend and for life and a referral source, but you got to find a new client because they're not going to give you, in most cases, repetitive business because they don't do every day. Whereas from the banking business to every other business I've been in, your clients are repetitive and they pay you, you know, on some regular basis. Sporting goods, they kept buying uniforms and bats and balls and football helmets and shoes and so forth. Uh, Real estate, they advertised every month, whether it was apartments or homes or 
what have you. So I think those are some of the mistakes that have turned out to be good mistakes. Jay, you've held a number of different leadership positions in companies and organizations, as whether it's a CEO, president. How would you describe your role as a leader in a company? What did you feel? What were you responsible for? Well, I was first responsible to all of the publics that we dealt with, our owners and shareholders of which I was one of those. Some cases I was the sole owner, in other cases, one of several uh, or one of a few. The employees that you work for and their families, that responsibility, the vendors that supply you, any sources of capital that you have, your bankers, your lenders in whatever way, and then utmost your customers and clients. So that responsibility of making sure that we provided the best products and the best service at the most competitive price was important in all that we did. That ensured job security for the people who did it well. And we had to adapt too. We had to adapt to changing worlds. The internet was a changing world. We shifted our printing and magazine pre-press from analog to digital during the time I was in there. So that was a major shift, but it allowed us to do things in multi-purposing content, photos and copy and so forth over all sorts of mediums uh, and created other revenue sources. So having curiosity and, and being adaptable and being willing to change and update and communicating with clarity to the people that you lead and have responsibility for what our primary objectives are and and the pathway of getting it and helping them buy into the why of the business. And as a follow-up to that, Jay, talk a little bit about leadership in good times and, and bad times, as I'm sure you've been a leader through recessions, through uh, challenging times through big wins like selling a company and, and what it takes in both scenarios? Well, it takes serious objectivity first. Uh, mm. You've got to be candidly honest with yourself about your business, about your competitive environment, about the changing world that you're in. In every business, uh, cash is king. Uh, so it's important to understand your numbers and understand the risks that you're taking and having a balance sheet that is as strong as, as you can make it. So in bad times or slower economic times, you can weather the storm. I think there are great opportunities in downturns, but only if you're financially and and from a management leadership standpoint, geared up with the right people to take advantage of, of those opportunities. 
I've seen lots of good businesses, good ideas, good people fall on their nose because they didn't really understand the ins and outs financially of their business. They would say, well, my sales are growing out the roof and I'm profitable. Why don't I have any money? Well, sales are not always for cash. <laughs> you know, you've got receivables. Therefore, you've got working capital. If you're in a business that has inventory, you may have inventory that turns slower than other things. So in economic downturns, I, I think you've got, and good times, but especially in downturns, you, you've got to look at every asset that you have and say, how can I improve its efficiency, its turn, or how I'm generating a return on capital from that? Am I better to outsource? Maybe I need to use fulfillment resources uh, to do certain things so I have less investment in inventory. Maybe I should factor my receivables or use uh, accounts receivable financing or something to get the cash out of that. Maybe I should change my terms. Whatever those things are, maybe I should raise my prices. All those are options. I think you've also got to be really all the time looking at your staff in terms of how efficient. I, I had a client tell me one time, and I've never forgotten it. He said, you know, your parking lot's really getting pretty full. I wonder if you might have too many employees. <laughs> and I never put the two and two together. And he didn't know at the time, at that particular time, I had just become CEO of this company that I had been on the board of. And I knew we were top heavy uh, in, as I used to say, we built the church for Easter Sunday. We had a, an overhead in that company initially for a much higher revenue company than we were. So over the first three months, I looked at every role and I shared this with all employees. I said, we've got to be able to compete globally. And to do that, we've we've got to be efficient quality-wise. And the world is changing. And some of you may be in jobs that we don't need in the future. That doesn't mean you're not good people. So we're going to evaluate every job and we're going to evaluate every person. And we're going to rate every job from the most important to the least in terms of value added. And for those of you who are rated at the, as the most valuable employees, we're going to find a place for you, even if we don't need your job, and we're going to train you and retrain you to do that if you're willing to do that. But we're also going to have to right-size the business to the revenues that we have. So on one day, three months after I took the job, we reduced our employment by 150 people, which was 20%. And we saved about $3 million a year. But we also, from a culture standpoint, all the employees who stayed, and we treated the ones who left favorably. And anytime you have to let people go, you need to help them keep their self-esteem and provide them with opportunity for their next 
job. Uh, but the 600 who stayed per, to a person said, what took you so long? Because they always know. They know if you've got a toxic employee, they know that if you've got a slacker that's not really pulling his or her weight, uh, your employees know that. So take action. You know, the, the old expression, hire slowly and uh, let go fast is is true. Jay, those are wise words for our listeners, small business owners, who, as we seem to be moving into uh, some type of economic slowdown, maybe even a recession. Thank you for, for sharing that. So now we go into uh, my favorite part of the podcast. It's the rapid fire questions. Jay Taylor is going to ask you some uh, some questions. He's going to try to stump you with these questions. You're going to give him that short That won't be hard to do. <laughs> You'll give him short answers. Uh, Jay, I'm betting on you. Uh, Taylor, go ahead. All right. We'll start with um, one that's on topic, given our discussion on leadership. Jay, who would you say is your favorite leader? My favorite leader historically was a guy named Mills B. Lane. He ran the CNS Bank. He was a jaywalker before that was popular. Mm -hmm. And he, he did a few things that many, many things that were innovative. As he led that organization, he had 25 consecutive years of quarterly earnings per share increases, had wow. the highest multiple of any bank stock in the country. He lowered retirement to 60 when he was about to turn 60. And he said, organizations are like trees. They die from the top. And we need to have more young people in leadership roles. And the other thing that impressed me, I got to be involved with him early in my career on a project that we mutually worked on. He said, Jay, we need to take the top floor of our operations center at Mitchell Street and turn it into an educational daycare center because 80% of our employees are female and they have to have their children somewhere. Let's have them in a place where not only they can feel safe and secure and we can provide it as a benefit to them, but they'll be educated too. And we have instructors there. That didn't happen exactly the way he outlined it, but he ended up being the resource and founder of the Kittinger Schools in Atlanta, allowed employees to take their children there for, I think, 25% of the cost with the bank subsidizing the rest. So he was, this this was in the late 60s when he made that comment. Yeah, probably so ahead of his time. So that, that would be a person that historically is there in terms of a leader uh, whom I currently respect, I would say Warren Buffett would would be mm, the choice. person I would pick that's still living. Great, Great choice. choice. All right, Taylor, what's next? Uh, all right, we'll do two more. Uh, second rapid fire question. What is one book you would recommend to any Vistage member or small business owner? 
Besides strategic jaywalking? Besides strategic jaywalking, that's right. <laughs> Your second recommendation. I would say that book probably would be Start With Why by Simon Sinek. It's mm-hmm. a book that you can apply personally to your own self-development, and you can also apply it uh, to business. And it's, I guess, maybe 13 or 14 years old, but it's still wonderful. Simon Sinek has a TED Talk. It's about the book, and uh, and it's titled How to Inspire Others, I think, something like that. It's had over 35 million views. I think it's in the top five of all. But there, I'm a book uh, junkie. I read all the time. An- another cool book I happen to have here, and I didn't know, is Decoding AQ, which is about adaptability. And AQ is adaptability quotient. We got IQ and EQ and all these Qs. Adaptability, uh, Daniel Goldman, who wrote Emotional Intelligence in another great book, said that adaptability is the most important strength in the emotional intelligence world as a predictor of success. And as this world changes, where we're going to have more change in the next 10 years than we have the last 100 years, being adaptable and being able to identify what makes an organization adaptable and what makes individuals adaptable and being able to hire people who have high adaptability quotients or the ability to be adaptable, I think is going to be critical. Taylor, you got one more. All right, last one. So in your bio, uh, my dad mentioned that you uh, went to both Georgia Tech and Virginia. So if they are playing each other in football, who do you root for? Well, neither of them play football much now. Uh, I'm teasing. (laughs) I'm more of a Georgia Tech sports fan, although Virginia is a a second favorite. Uh, In 1990, they played one another, and they were ranked number one and number two in the country in Charlottesville. Uh, Georgia Tech won on the last second field goal, 41 to 38, and ended up winning the national championship. I was there at Virginia tailgates with my Darden friends with gold and white on, and they're giving me lots of grief on how I could come partake of their hospitality and be dressed in Georgia Tech colors. But I also rooted for Virginia when they won the national basketball championship a few years ago. Two great institutions of, of education. Friends, you've been listening to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today has been Jay McDonald, serial entrepreneur, uh, Vistage chair, and the author of the book, Strategic Jaywalking. Uh, Jay, I'm sure uh, our listeners will want to reach out to you after today's podcast. What is the, the easiest, the best way for them to reach you? There are two ways that are pretty easy. My website is Jay McDonald, spelled out, J-A-Y-M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. So McDonald like the hamburger. 
com, and the other is via LinkedIn, Jay McDonald Bayer to maybe JM, my middle, middle initial McDonald. And the uh, book is available on Amazon? Uh, books available everywhere. Books are sold, and it's available in hard copy, ebook, and audiobook. So uh, you can get it Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There is a link on my website too under Jaywalking Book or Strategic Jaywalking Book. And if you want a signed copy, you can order a signed copy there. Well, I would encourage uh, each of our listeners to take advantage of that offer. Jay, thank you so much for being a guest with us today on the Small Business Matters podcast. Thanks to both uh, you and Taylor, Tim. Uh, It's wonderful. Uh, Y'all do a great job. Tim, you've been doing wonders for small businesses for most of your adult life, maybe all of your adult life, and y'all do a great service, and I appreciate and I'm grateful to be uh, part of this uh, broadcast. Well, thank you. Taylor, I've got a page full of notes uh, from our time with Jay. Anything that stood out to you? I just loved uh, the insight and feedback on on leadership and contextualizing it between good times and, and bad. And uh, I love the way he described his role as a leader. Also, I thought he gave some great advice to our listeners on, in a, you know, economic slowdown, uh, you know, what to be mindful of in terms of your people watching cash. Some really good information there. So as we begin to close, Taylor, I want to remind our listeners, if you're not already a subscriber to the Small Business Matters newsletter, it's easy. You can visit our website at www.smallbusinessmattersonline.com. Speaking of books, I've got a couple books of myself on uh, Amazon. I would invite our listeners to check those out. Taylor, we got the Small Business Matters Bootcamp now. We've opened up registration for in the fall. If any of our listeners are interested in that, there's information on the website about the bootcamp as as well. So another podcast, Taylor, I can't believe how fast the time goes. Yeah, another great one. So I want to I want to thank our listeners for listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's, it's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters. <laughs>